now entering a critical thinking zone. zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into Critical Thinking, Andrew Coppins. He is Pat Oney, host of the POS on the weekends on Mojo 5 Radio or wherever you can find your podcast. And, uh, well, um, hopefully maybe we'll still be on Spotify at some point. Um, yeah, we'll talk all about that later on in the program. But we've got to start here, Pat. As everybody... In the sound of my voice or watching us on our Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, subscribe, hit the plus button, let us know that you like us. Um, but everybody knows I, I, I'm a reformed sports writer. Um, I, I covered the Big Ten for a decade. Never covered the NFL, thank God, by the way. Because it sounds like a very thankless job. But I am an NFL fan. Not of its wokeness, but of the game on the field. What we witnessed yesterday, Pat, is the dumbest coaching decision I have ever, and I mean ever, seen. Is this by chance by the Los Angeles Rams? No. That was the third worst coaching decision I have ever seen. Where he used all the timeouts and like with like 10 minutes left to go. Yeah. So the the dumb part of that um, is that he challenged twice for no reason. Neither of those challenges needed to happen. I I turned to my wife um, as we were watching that game and I was like, um, what you doing, bro? Now you've only got two timeouts and you've got a quarter and three quarters of a quarter left to play here. And what if mm-hmm. you, uh, what if you're in a dire straight situation here? Now you're down to one timeout and then he uses the one timeout on the dumbest challenge of all time. That's not even the dumbest thing that we've seen in the, in the playoffs this year, Pat. Dumber than that was Mike McCarthy's, uh, well, not Mike McCarthy's decision, because I actually liked the coaching decision that to have Dak Prescott make that run in, in the game for Dallas. Mm-hmm. What I didn't like is that Dak didn't realize he just needed to get up and hand the ball to the official, and they would have had a couple of seconds left on the clock. That was the dumb part. But I said dumbest coaching decision I have ever seen. Which was? <clears throat> the Walrus's decision to uh, play for the tie at home with the Cincinnati Bengals. What you doing, bro? What you doing? So this is another situation here, which my wife and I were talking tactics. Like, what would you do, right? Because Kansas City, late in the game, marching the ball down the field, Right. The Bengals had two timeouts. Okay. I was like, they, they could just run this game out if they wanted to and score. Right? They could have easily done that. And then won the game with a touchdown. All major tech platforms and all major news sources, for that matter, be responsible and be vigilant to ensure the American people have access to accurate information on something as significant as COVID-19. That certainly includes Spotify. So this disclaimer, it's a positive step, but we want every platform to continue doing more to call out mis- and disinformation while also uplifting accurate information. I mean, look at the facts, right? You are 16 times more likely to be hospitalized if you're unvaccinated and 68 times more likely to die than someone who is boosted if you're unvaccinated. That's pretty significant. And we think that is something that unquestionably should be the basis of how people are communicating about it. But ultimately, uh, you know, our view is it's a it's a it's a good step. It's a positive step. But there's more that can be done. Yes, Mr. Pat Oney, um, what do you have to say about your big sister? Two things. And actually three things. 
one, she's not my big sister. Mm. Two, mm-hmm. um, didn't she just give out some misinformation right there? And then um, three, if if so right they are about Joe Rogan and Spotify and all the misinformation that Joe Rogan has supposedly put out there, why hasn't anybody at all, like Fauci or Murthy or Jen Psaki or who, whatever expert you want to put on that that's been pushing the COVID panic porn, mm-hmm. why hasn't any of them offered to go on Joe Rogan's program and correct him? See, Pat, the problem with that third assumption is that they're interested in the truth. And the second problem with that assumption or or with that idea is that you also assume that um, they're interested in anything other than using this as a cudgel. Because what, what ends up happening if you go on to Joe Rogan's show right and you debate him and the people uh go uh vivek murthy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about right you lose all credibility at that point in time it's really a lose-lose situation for them you and i would see this as a win-win situation right because okay if you are so like you said so confident confident as mike mccarthy would like to say so confident in what you believe and in that data and quote unquote the science whatever the hell that is is on your side what again whatever the hell that is what do you what are you afraid of and most importantly is this or is this not the biggest platform you could possibly go on to help your case and i think that's where you and i come from right like why not go on the biggest platform possible, scream to the top of the hills, right? Scream from the top of the hills to the bottom of the valley, your quote-unquote truth. Why not? Why not? Because you would kill two birds with one stone. One, you would show that you, you're credible. And number two, you would make his platform discredited, right? Right. There you go. But my big problem here is this, Pat. What's Jen Psaki, your big sister's job? Jen Psaki, my not older sister, because I don't have an older sister, her job is to be the uh, White House press secretary. So you're telling me that she has a federal government position. That is correct. Okay. And she speaks for whom? The President of the United States. Well, hold on. Hold on. I take that back. The handlers of the President of the United States. Okay. Fair enough. But in, in that's reality in how it's supposed to work. She's the spokesperson for the President of the United States of America. Correct. Okay. 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 What? business does the president of the United States of America have telling a private company what it should or shouldn't do regarding a constitutionally protected right? Well, I, I mean, you and I would say they don't. Um, they they have no business doing that. But uh, look what they did. What look what they tried to do just a month ago. Over what? The vaccine mandate. Okay, those are two separate stories, two separate ideas here. They are. Did they? But, were they trying to trample a constitutional right in doing that? No. They weren't. That that's the thing that you're missing there. What what constitutional right? Were they? We don't have a constitutional right to medical care. No, but but do, do we not have a, a right over bodily autonomy in terms of what drugs we take or don't take? Potentially, but uh, but again, we there are there are parts of our government in which you give that up, right? 
you go into the Air Force, you go into the Army, the Marines, the Merchant Marines, the um, you know, the Navy, you go into um, the Coast Guard, right? You go into any of our branches of the military, the Space Force, okay? You go into any of the branches of our military. They own you. So yeah, you do give up bodily autonomy. Now, Bodily autonomy is not written into the Constitution anywhere, Pat. Well, I, I understand that. So this but, this is apples and oranges for me, and, and I knew that I knew that this was going to be somewhere where a, a more conservative viewpoint would go on this. Is that well, look at what they did with COVID nineteen and trying to mandate the vaccine through OSHA. The difference it is this: they were trying to end round a different part of the Constitution. What they were trying to do was end around the separation of powers, right? They were trying to end around that in the Constitution, it is only Congress and the Senate, right? It is only the legislative branch of our United States government that can give a dictate, a mandate, if you will, to a federal agency. The president of the United States has no authority. So the only part of the Constitution that was being violated there was the separation of powers. And you'll notice if you looked at the ruling that came down, the stay that came down, that's exactly that's what the they went. Mm-hmm. That's where they went. And that doesn't mean that they won't go more broad. I still think they're going to narrowly define this because do they really want to take that big swing? I don't know. But so there are two different parts here. We're talking the First Amendment, which is a right guaranteed to you and I by the Constitution of the United States of America. Okay. Now, does that mean that um, Spotify has the doesn't have the right to say, no, we're not allowing this on our platform? No. Just because you have the right to speak doesn't mean that somebody has to amplify your voice. Okay? It also doesn't mean that you're free of the consequences either. Correct. I mean, look at Whoopi Goldberg. But we'll get into that yeah. in a moment here. But when it comes to this, the government using its position of authority to try to pressure a business into stifling somebody else's free speech, in which, by the way, they have a contractual obligation. So it's different than, let's say, you and I, right, Pat? Now, technically, we would have a contractual obligation because of who hosts our podcasts, right? But if somebody were to just take their RSS feed and put it through Spotify, that is not a contractual obligation of Spotify's to continue to host your podcast. So there are nuances in this. But in Joe Rogan's case, he has a $100 million contract with Spotify to 100% host his podcast, right? The video of his podcast, the actual podcast, everything lives there, starts there, grows from there. The, the, the thing that gets me going with this, the thing that makes angry Andy want to come out here is the idea that anybody in in a position of authority in government thinks it's okay for them to weigh into and call for censorship of somebody simply because they disagree with your opinion on a topic. Simply because of that is dangerous to our Republican form of government. It speaks to the authoritarian sweep of our government over the past 
two decades. You can trace it back to the Patriot Act. You can trace it back to all the things that happened during Barack Obama's administration. You can trace it to the authoritarian nature of Donald Trump and, and some of the things that happened throughout his presidency, a wide open, down the seam wide receiver. But neither here nor there. I think it's going to be a fascinating right. matchup. I think both quarterbacks make this really intriguing because they're very different personalities, but um, interesting people to root for. Um, old guard versus new guard. Two kind of fresh teams in in the Super Bowl is kind of going to kind of going to be nice. Now, and, interestingly and enough, I, too. Hmm? two very young coaches too. Yeah, Zach Taylor and um, and Sean McVay. Mm. So it'll be very very intriguing to uh, to watch. I, I I think it'll be a lot of fun because uh, you have a ton of stars. You have Jamar Chase. You've got Joe Burrow. You've got um, Odell Beckham in the Super Bowl again. You've got Stafford. You've got Aaron Donald, right? Von Miller's going to be in the Super Bowl. Um, Jalen Ramsey. You know, a lot of really, really talented individuals in the Super Bowl. So it'll be fun. Um, yeah, most of those names being on the Rams side, by the way. Yeah, but I mean, be crossed. And this is one of the hardest lines. This is one of the most obvious out of bounds things that a government in a republic the uh, asshat of america uh well a little bit uh, they had that massive trucker convoy all the way to ottawa mhm um which I, I think i read somewhere it, it was a few hundred miles long that is correct mhm it went from basically from alberta to um you know, like everybody either met in Alberta or started in the Maritimes mm -hmm. and then met in Ottawa. I mean, tens of thousands of people plus the truckers. I it, I don't know what the crowd estimate was of this, but um, I know that you've got some questions surrounding all of this. Yeah. Because, and, and because here's the deal, though, Pat. I will say this. Mm -hmm. The fact that this got play here in the United States on top of what was going on in Canada kind of speaks some volumes. So, but uh I I'd be interested to hear your questions and and maybe I'll have some answers. Yeah, I mean I mean here, here's here's my main question because we we've, we've talked about this before. We because we, we've seen protests all around the world when it comes to the the cult of COVID and the mandates and governments overstepping their bounds. Mm -hmm. Um Canada is obviously no stranger to that. Neither is Justin Trudeau. Like they're they're no strangers to these things, right? He's also no stranger to blackface, but hey, well that that's also true. Um, so so here's here's my ultimate question because we've asked this of other of other countries doing this in the world. What is it accomplishing at the end of the day? What teeth does it have behind it, right? So my my question is in in terms of Canada, what what does this convoy do at the end of the day? That is a very good question because there are two sides of that coin. Uh, there mm -hmm. are two answers, one which is positive, the other is negative. Now let's take the negative because as this was going on, what was going on inside the halls of, of Canada's uh, government, parliament, or whatever the hell it is up there, um, they were about to put together a bill that would require vaccination for interprovincial travel. So if you wanted to go to Manitoba from Alberta or British Columbia, you know, if you wanted to go from one province to the other, you must be vaccinated. So mm. at the same time that this convoy is going on, that is doing what, Pat? Protesting against the vaccine mandate and the 10-day um, the quarantining that has to happen for over-the-road truck drivers who happen to work in both Canada and the United States, right? Because as soon as they return back to Canada, they, now, they must now quarantine for 10 days, which does what to the supply chain, right? That, that's the thing that most people don't understand is, is that the price of lumber didn't necessarily go up because of um, a shortage of lumber or anything like that. It went up because of supply chain issues, because of this type of stuff right. where where 
every driver that must be pulled off the road for 10 days is now that's another, you know, 300 and some odd hours that must be made up. And by the way, they have a 2300 uh, worker shortage right now in in uh, the Canadian trucking supply. So that's a problem when we get a lot of our goods and services coming across that border. So so that's an issue. And we so at the time that this is going on, right, where there are literally thousands, hundreds of potentially up to 100,000 people, plus all the truckers and all the trucks in this convoy in front of the government building, in front of parliament in Ottawa, they're still going nuts. Now, the positive part of this, Pat, is why do we here in the United States hold on to the Second Amendment so dear? My answer is always this. A government that fears its people is a good government. A government that knows that its people can rise up is a government that is working. What happened to Justin Trudeau, Pat? He went into hiding away from his regular residence in Ottawa as all of this was happening. Why? Because he's afraid. Now, does that mean that he will change his mind? Probably not. But the positive aspect of this is that for the first time in probably a very long time, the government is afraid of its people. And that is a very powerful message to be able to send to your government. That we are willing to stand up, that we're willing to rise up. Now, does that mean that we're talking about some violent overthrow of the Canadian government? No. But what we are talking about is the fact that if Justin Trudeau had nothing to fear from these people, which it turns out he probably didn't, right? If Justin right. Trudeau really had a, a conviction about all of this, he wouldn't have been there, right? He wouldn't have run. He would have right. stood up. But he and, and Justin Trudeau, I think, has shown the world like what everyone kind of thinks of him already, and that is being this spineless, gutless coward. Um, which yeah, he is the, the mean, fringe minority, right? Right. I mean, how how dumb does he look? But uh, completely stupid. It, it, by the way, is there an election going on up there right now, or, to, or will I, it be here? I don't know soon? for sure. I I I don't know. Yeah, there might be a because, parliamentary election going on. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't know. Or potential for one to go on this year, I, I just, because here's the thing: I he he might very well lose because of this. That is possible. Absolutely, absolutely. And you see him doubling down, tripling down. Um, what is your is your next question? A quick one. I mean that that really was my main question: is what what does this really do at the end of the day? Especially if it's not going to make Justin Trudeau change his mind. Um. But then on the other hand, you like you know you've got Denmark, UK, and all a bunch of other European countries that are releasing um, their their mandates and stuff like that, removing them from the public. Mm -hmm. How long before Canada follows suit? How long before we follow suit? Well, considering Canada is doubling, tripling, quadrupling, quintupling, octonaling down on all of the fear porn and and panic porn and and everything else that we're seeing, right? They're not loosening restrictions, Pat. They're making them worse. Our friends in Quebec, right? We talked about this on Friday's show, where you have to have a chaperone to go grocery shopping if you're unvaccinated, right? Like, right. If if we were about to, or if we were about to see a return to sanity in that country, none of that would happen because there's no science, there's no reason, there's no logic to that type of a response at this point in time none now if we were if we were to i don't know have an ebola outbreak maybe this is the correct response right like no no if you don't want to take the medication to uh, prevent ebola no no sorry
And you know, you mentioned Pat, um, this idea here of well, when does Canada wake up? When does the United States wake up? Why, why are Denmark and the UK and some of these other countries way in front? It is because Pat that sure they bought into some of the panic, right, and right. some of the fear mongering. But by and large, what were their decisions based off of? Data. And Sweden, Denmark, the UK, had and Israel are probably the top four. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that she was willing to stand up against a, a given issue, that she's part of that younger generation that we all worry about at times. She gives me hope for the future. People like her give me hope for the future. And I just, I hope, like I said, if I'm ever fortunate enough to have a daughter of my own, that she is as brave and as courageous and as much of a badass as Ainsley Erzin. Because that, that is amazing that that actually restored some some of my hope in humanity this week mm-hmm. and to our friend todd you have got to be the proudest dad on the face of the earth right now to to it's one thing to do this in your community right right this is to the world this is incredible so Bravo to Ainsley. And it's not necessarily about her overall opinion. It is the fact that she had, with everything in front of her on the line, the courage to do this. Incredible. 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 Swimming upstream, if you will, in the culture of woke academics and woke sports. This is incredible. So. Uh, congratulations to Ainsley on being a badass. Congratulations to Todd on being a proud father. But we've got to move on, Pat. And um, in the second half of the program, we're going to crown a brand new Richard of the Week. We're going to do the B or not the B. But before we do any of that, it is time for us to unveil a brand new uh, version of Fish Fry Friday, right? Where we throw the worst of the week into the fryer, all that wonderful goodness. So here goes nothing. Pat, you haven't seen this yet. I have not. Every Friday, you're used to Pat and I bringing you a compilation of the insane and maddening headlines of the week known as the Friday Fish Fry. Well, we're actually evolving that and to make sure that it's not an afterthought any feature of the show going forward. So, it's time to put this week right into the fryer. Let's start in the world of the media, where one Brian Stelter of CNN was shocked, shocked I tell you, to think that the American people don't trust CNN. What would ever give the American people the idea that CNN wasn't trustworthy? It couldn't be stories like this one. President of CNN and chairman of Warner Media News and Sports, Jeff Zucker, resigned abruptly on Wednesday after his consensual relationship with another CNN executive was revealed. And, of course, you know, he thought of, you know, himself above reporting that relationship to the other brass. As if that wasn't enough, the story gets crazier because Zucker was sleeping with and allegedly in love with Allison Golist, who is now the chief marketing officer at CNN and formerly, and I'm not kidding you, you cannot make this stuff up, was the press secretary for Andrew Cuomo's bid for governor of New York back in 2012. According to the pair, the nature of their relationship changed during the course of the COVID pandemic, which, of course, because it's anything involved in CNN, is being reported to be a total and complete lie. Many insiders are quoted as saying that they've been together for a number of years prior to the pandemic, and they lied in their statements released in the wake of Zucker being ousted, but Gola staying on. And why was only Zucker being fired? Perhaps it has much to do with Zucker using his position to continue to move Golist up the political and media ladder. After all, he only tried to get her, you know, a job with Katie Couric's show back in 2012 and then immediately hired her at CNN upon his appointment to run the news organization about a year later. Nothing nefarious or strange about that affair, I mean, friendship, right? 
It couldn't be that type of story that has the American people not trusting CNN or anything. Wait, what's that? The Brian Stelter story had nothing to do with Zucker and everything to do with Joe Rogan? Ah, this ought to be delicious. The narrative is. I want to show all kinds of opinions. Which sounds great, but not all opinions are created equal. You think about major newsrooms like CNN that have health departments and deaths and operations that work hard on verifying information on COVID-19. And then you have talk show stars like Joe Rogan who just wing it, who make it up as they go along. And because figures like Rogan are trusted by people that don't trust real newsrooms, we have a tension, a problem that's much bigger than Spotify, much bigger than any single platform, Kate. But that's what the, is the heart of this right now. Yeah, but you're right. It is getting at something bigger that isn't going to be solved in one Joe Rogan video or one statement from Spotify. That's for sure. It's good to that's see right. you, Brian. Thank you so much. At this time, there's no word yet from chief legal master, I mean correspondent, Jeffrey Tubin. Meanwhile, in the world of grifting politicians, lest I repeat myself, I also mean principled conservatives, we've got news out of Pat's state of Utah where Evan McMullen, yes, that former independent, never Trumper running for president in 2016 because he had the principles of the conservative movement in mind and has since spent his entire life not just railing against everything Trump stood for, but openly supporting leftists through various organizations. That Evan McMullen has now outraised incumbent Utah Senator Mike Lee in the final quarter of 2021. And in a totally unrelated story, Evan McMullen still owes $670,000 on his failed presidential campaign from 2016. Oh, look, shiny thing. Of course, the friar wouldn't be complete without a little COVID-19 insanity. And the most insane thing this week in that category that goes to Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti, who decided to let us know that his maskless adventures at the NFC Championship game this past weekend were totally above board. Why? When he was taking pics with Magic Johnson and other celebrities, he was just holding his breath. And I, when people ask for a photograph, I hold my breath and I put it here and people could see that. Yep, they really do think you are that stupid. Now, uh, to end the week... Um, our president, Anchorman. I was told, oh, well, patients don't want to share their data. They all want to share their data. <laughs> Sometimes y'all don't want to share what you know. I remember sitting on going to a little Catholic grade school in Claymont, Delaware, which is a steel town that was dying. And the bus would go, my mother would drive me to school parking lot. It's called Holy Rosary School from a little, it's called Brookview Apartments. It used to be Section 8 housing later. And, uh, and I get out of the bus, I get out of the car, and that's where I-95 runs parallel to these days. And, uh, and I said, Mom, why are all those kids, it was then called colored, why are all those colored kids in that bus? Because in Scranton, there weren't any. There were very few blacks. So they're not allowed to go to school with us here in Delaware. What the hell was that? On the scale of Long John Silver's to River Street Pier, how delicious was this week's fish fry to you? Your thoughts, Pat? Well, uh, to start with the uh, Zucker story, um, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but CNN seems to have a, a love affair with the Cuomo family. I see what and you did there, Pat. You saw what I did there? Affair. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. but, but they were forced to end said affair after, you know, everything came out against Andrew Cuomo and then how his brother Chris sort of covered stuff up for him at CNN. So just it's just stupid it's just absolutely stupid then you know you get the whole brian stelter thing who who is um by the way um was stunned to hear of jeff zucker resigning folks yeah. if you are if you are the s supposed ombudsman right of the uh organization and you don't know that jeff zucker is sleeping with allison Golist. I think he was pleading willful ignorance. Willful or he just he just looked the other way. Or did he wolf down ignorance? Uh that I was being nice about it. But yeah, that that that's probably more accurate. Mm -hmm. 
but but here's the thing uh you know how he said in that video that uh you know radio stars like joe rogan just wing it i can tell you right now as someone that 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 also does this and we don't have the audience that joe rogan has we're not just winging it there's a lot of prep that goes into this there's a lot of research and a lot of understanding yeah, our shows, our shows are different though and yeah. he does wing quite a bit he does but he also Fair. is not somebody who doesn't pay attention right like right so i i get where you're going with that like he he wants these conversations to be as as authentic as possible but he also needs to be informed on an issue to be able to talk like you know look at the uh the conversation with jack dorsey from you know twitter when he was the ceo right right and, and all of those things but all that notwithstanding continue Right, but but get behind a microphone and say something intelligent for five minutes, and and tell me that's not difficult if you've never done it before, you know. More so, importantly, uh, Brian Stelter tried to speak intelligently for five minutes. Try it. Once. Right, right, right. Uh, and then of course you know you have the whole Evan McMullen thing, which you know his supporters are like oh, he, he erased Mike Lee, he erased Mike Lee. Um, that's all great, grand, and wonderful. Um, if if you're an Evan McMullen supporter. And that, that certainly is suggesting that your campaign is heading in the right direction. But that doesn't mean that you're beating Mike Lee in the general election. You can raise billions of dollars and still lose. Um, so d- don't don't tell me that, that that's like an indicator that you're going to beat out Mike Lee in the, in the general election. No, it's not. It's well, isn't, not. Isn't it a primary? Isn't he running for the GOP spot? No, he's running as, as a third party candidate, I believe. Mm, okay either way so yeah so that that that's and by the way an update on that for those that have, have heard me uh invite evan mcmullen publicly on this sh- on on my program even on this show if he wants to do you know get more more attention because this is a daily show um i've invited him on i have reached out to his campaign a few times now i have reached out to him on on social media i have not heard a word not one word huh it's almost so. as if he is a grifter. A little bit, yeah. And considering I'm a, for politician. Think I'm a constituent, you'd think he'd want to, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course, you know, Joe Biden, what, what in the absolute hell? And by the way, did Jill help him off the stage? So there's a part that I didn't get to in this video, Pat. Uh-huh. Did you see his thing on cancer, right, where he just whispered? Yes. Okay, then after that, he goes to leave the stage after his speech, right? Instead of going to his left, right, he goes to his right to shake the hands of all the people that were up on stage, right? Okay, uh-huh. Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar comes up on stage and whispers into his ear, and then he magically puts his mask on. And then he shuffles and then and then she points him in the direction of the podium again and he he pulls his mask down, speaks into the microphone that was dead, but they turned it back on as soon as he started speaking. Only to have Jill Biden literally give him the old yank off the stage. And he, by the way, um you know, I said this to my wife. Um as somebody who watched somebody struggle to even walk as I was growing up. That's exactly what my grandfather was went through. Like that's just shuffle the feet and try to move like physically can't do it. And by the way, Pat, I think the, the, the more troubling story of those two has to be what in the absolute blue hell is he talking about with that story about uh, the <clears throat> quote unquote, his words, not mine colored kids. Um, because he seems to be talking about four different stories and at least two different locations. One being Scranton, Pennsylvania and the other being Delaware. And he say what in the blue hell, dude, uh, see, I thought he was just trying to talk about corn pop again, but you know, it's not here nor there, I guess. It, it, convince me he is not 
full blown Parkinson's at this point. Like I I honestly believe that's what he has. I honestly believe that because it's literally like having a a conversation with my grandfather when I was, you know, twelve years old, ten years old. I like being afraid to go there because I don't know what physical or mental state he's going to be in. Yeah, I mean, it's brutal, man. It, it, it's at least something cognitive that we know that, though. It, it has to be something that's cognitively. I, I don't know if it's Parkinson's because I think we would well, see it because by now. so so right. And I understand that, but yeah. there are, there's medication out there that can allow you to not. True. Okay? It, it's much different, and there are different forms of it. But there is something. It's not just cognitive, and and that's the thing that people need to get away from. It's not just cognitive with him. It's also physical. It's, it's, it's getting to be physical as well. That's my point. It is something Parkinson's like or is Parkinson's. And, and I'm not a medical doctor and, and whatever, but I am telling you, it is literally like looking into the mirror of my grandfather growing up. I don't know. I didn't, never got to meet my grandfather without Parkinson's. Okay. Never. I have no memory of him without it. None. And this looks exactly like him. Shuffling the feet, needing help. Disorientated. Putting four stories together into what he thinks is one. The loss of cognition, the loss of the the neurological ability to move. And even when he does that whisper part, right? You can see him slowly moving. There is nothing that suggests to me that this is just purely cognitive. Well, if you look at his eyes in that moment too, it oh. almost kind of looked like the lights were on, but no one was home. Oh, it's just brutal. It pisses me off that that Jill Biden, Hunter Biden. All of these people grift off of him and let him go out in front of the cameras like that. At least with FDR, they tried to hide it, right? They tried to hide his polio and and the things that were going on with him. They tried to give him some dignity, right? Mm. That's what that was about. It was about dignity. I don't know how you do this with dignity. He needs to not be the president of the United States. It's just that freaking simple. Excuse my French. I almost uh, needed to put $50 into the swear jar. But that's how much it ticks me off. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm serious. It t- I, know, I, know, I, know, I know you are. It is mm. utterly ridiculous to, to use him that way for your own personal financial gain. That's all this is about for Jill, for Hunter, for everybody around him. And for the people inside the White House, what is it about? Fundamental transformation, and they get to use him to do it. Because he's not there to be able to, to form a, you know, almost a border wall, if you will, against some of this insanity. The Joe Biden of, of 15, 20 years ago, who... at while not the smartest knife in the drawer, would have at least had the wherewithal to have stood up to this level of insanity. But no. And with that, Pat, it is time for the B or not the B. And let's see if I can get one right. Alrighty then. Today's headline... James Blunt, a singer that that one annoying song, You're Beautiful, threatens to release more music if Joe Rogan's podcast isn't removed from Spotify. James Blunt, singer of that one annoying song, You're Beautiful, threatens to release more music if Joe Biden's podcast, or Joe Rogan's podcast, Joe Biden's podcast. Isn't, isn't removed from Spotify. Stories with Corn Pop. Right. Story time with Corn Pop. Um... <laughs> It'll give you a thrill up your leg. <laughs> uh, is this the beer not to be? Uh, while you're thinking about the Andrew Coppins, we're headed into the weekend, folks, which means 
Um, we need some energy going into the weekend. So go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com. They sell all sorts of great different flavors of coffee, coffee drops. Uh, I mean, it's pretty much Andrew's drink of choice in the mornings when we're doing the show. Um, so it is also the official coffee of the Mojo Five O Network. So all you got to do is go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That is AmericanPrideRoasters.com. All right. James Blunt, singer of the annoying song, You're Beautiful, threatens to release more music if Joe Rogan's podcast is removed from Spotify. Is this the B or not the B? So I already saw this this week because I laughed my ears off. This you, is not the this is this is the Babylon B. This is Just, not the B, bro. I know it is not <laughs> the B. James Blunt having some fun with the American public. Um. By the way, Pat, were were you in high school when that song came out, or middle school? Um, I think I was somewhere in between. So, like, I I think I had just started high school when that came out. I think. Yeah, I'm just trying to think about it. It was 2004. So I, I would have been say. a sophomore in high school. Yeah, it was like 2004 or five when that came out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there was not a song that was more popular that summer. Like you couldn't go to a house party. You couldn't go anywhere without that song being played. You oh, just I hated couldn't. that song. I hated it. It was oh, overplayed. Beautiful. It's true. D- don't. I, like I, I will personally get on a plane to Chicago and come beat the living crap out of you if you start singing that song. Did you know he sold 11 million copies of that? I don't care. It was a horrible, horrible song. You're beautiful. It's Damn true. you. I just... Pat, you're beautiful. It's true. Okay, that's creepy. You're married. <laughs> I'm married. That is damn creepy. <laughs> But I do love the fact that he leaned into uh, the American uh, public's backlash over that. And the Joni Mitchell. And oh, by the way, did you see the new uh, news story, Pat? Guess who's thinking of leaving Spotify um, over this? Joni Mitchell. Well, we already know that. Yeah. I uh, know. Who's. Oh, is it. What's their faces? Um the Obamas. Oh, see, I was going to say somebody else, but yes, I actually did see the Obamas too. Did, did you know they were on Spotify? Because I didn't. No, nor do I care. But also, <laughs> if you can't stand to be on a platform with people who have differing opinions than you, good luck. Good luck finding that kind of a home. Good freaking luck. Just saying. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. Unfreaking believable. Now, with that having been said, Pat, it is time for us to crown a brand new Richard of the Week. And with that, Pat, who are the four nominees for Richard of the Week? Well, we have Joseph Marionette Biden. Anchorman? Uh, yes, Anchorman. For, um, for his uh, claim that you couldn't buy a cannon when the Second Amendment was passed. Pretty um, sure you could. Yeah, the Washington Post gave that one four Pinocchios. The Washington Post, by the way. Pretty damn sure you one. could own any weapon you wanted at that point in time. Uh, yes, you could. Um, so imagine also owning some F-15s, by the way, Pat. Wait, what? Some F-15s, maybe some anti-tank missiles. Uh, I mean, I bet I you our government it. would be in a very different position today when it comes to COVID-19, don't you? Oh, I bet it would be. Um, next nominee is going to be Jen Psaki for, well, the comments that you mentioned earlier on the program of censoring and, and uh, Joe Rogan and, and trying to get Spotify to remove them from their platform using the, the prowess of government to, to, to do so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Then you have Whoopi Goldberg for you mean the anti-Semite. Yes, 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 I, I, I do. Um, and so she um, freaked out this week because she was suspended over her Holocaust comments from the ABC's The View. It wasn't about and race, Pat. Man's inhumanity to man. I, I didn't say anything about race. I just said to her comments about the Holocaust. That's what she said. I, I, I know. I know what she said. So, yeah, so then she threatened to quit, too, by the way. Um, and then our final nominee. Who's our final nominee? Don the Lemon. Don the Lemon. That's right. Don the Lemon because he wants everyone to forgive Whoopi Goldberg and urges no one to deplatform her, even though um, hasn't he uh, encouraged to other people to be deplatformed? Not only that, but he is now against cancel culture. Yeah. I am pretty sure he spent most of the last four years, at least four years, if not six, uh, attempting to cancel Donald Trump, attempting to cancel anybody who dared to think differently than him. Literally, that's his entire show. What am I missing? So so now that uh, a fellow black person is being canceled, Cancel culture. Uh, uh, oh, oh, so it is all about race. Huh. Weird. All right, Pat. So who is our Richard of the week this week? Because there, there's this is a tough slate. Well, it's going to have to be Jen Psaki as our winner because of her comments on free speech and violating the First Amendment. And using the prowess of government to do so. Yeah, using the power of the bully pulpit of government to suggest that, yes, I agree. I think you could have made a case for Whoopi Goldberg and her anti-Semitism because you could. Um, not realizing that it's not about what you think about this, okay? Here's the rub in all of this. It's not about what Whoopi Goldberg thinks. It's about what the people who committed the atrocity of the Holocaust thought. And they thought themselves to be a race superior to everybody else, including other white people, by the way. They believed in the Aryan race. And they saw Jews as a race. What part of that do you not understand? Doing so would suggest that you don't understand the Holocaust in and of itself. May you go to the National Holocaust Museum. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts for this week. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And no, Andrew Coppins, you are not beautiful. That's hurtful. Please be smart. Be safe. Be kind. Have yourselves a great weekend. And as always, Matthew 547.